This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. From book bans to the controversial Don't Say Gay Bill in Florida, several states are introducing legislation that targets queer youth. The Florida bill would ban discussions on sexual orientation and gender identity in public schools. Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has signaled he would sign the measure, leading to student protests and walkouts across the state. To help us better understand how these restrictions might impact LGBTQ plus youth is Lasaya Wade, founder and CEO of Brave Space Alliance. That's the first black and trans-led LGBTQIA center in Chicago. Hi, Lasaya. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. And joining us with a legal perspective is DePaul political science professor Joseph Mello. Professor Mello, welcome. Thank you, Sasha. Wonderful to be here. Lasaya, let's start with you. Uh, I want to hear your reaction when you heard about this don't say gay bill passing the Florida Senate. I laughed. I'm going to be very honest. I really laughed. And it's, as we know, it's clearly unconstitutional. Um, and it, it's just a point of you have nothing else to, better to do with your time. What kind of impact might this have on queer youth here in Illinois? I don't, our youth here are by themselves are resilient. And personally, I think they are already ready if the fight has to come here. Um, I've already had conversations with a lot of youth of how we're going to organize and how they're going to simply just not take it and walk out and so on and so forth. I think the youth here are, um, especially in Illinois, um, we we don't really play about that. Yeah. Professor, can you Take us back. Give us some background on this don't say gay legislation in Florida. Sure. Well, I mean, I think schools have long been cultural battlegrounds for these kinds of debates. And, I mean, my suspicion is that the governor of Florida would like to score some political points with a position like this on a bill like this. Um, But really, a lot of the constitutional issues they're raising in this bill are pretty novel. So from my perspective, it's interesting, at the very least. Mm. Exactly what groups or what topics are, are being forbidden from classroom discussion? So we're clear. Sure. So the bill specifically says that gender identity and sexual orientation are forbidden from being taught by teachers in classrooms, which I think is sort of a clever way of framing the issue that is attempting to get out of some of the constitutional concerns that others have raised. Lasai, you know, some of the lawmakers who are behind this bill, they argue Kids have their whole lives to sort out their sexual orientation or their gender identity, so they don't need to be having these conversations right now. How do you respond to that? It's funny because I found out my gender when I was young, and because of people's thought processes like that, I, I became homeless and kicked out of my home because of ignorance. And if we are not teaching our youth around what gender identity and what LGBT actually is— when they're younger, they will actually grow up into understanding the ignorance around the hate um, and pushing that uh, language towards. And it is a continuous um, um, snowballing effect that will continue to happen. So you think when students grow up with limited knowledge and, and limited education of the LGBTQ plus community, there are negative consequences? Suicide and um, self-harm rates for LGBTQ plus people is higher than other communities. Correct. Can you can you talk about 
how the legislation might impact mental health? Um, it's already mental health. It's like, if I cannot talk about who I am or if I cannot go to someone, teachers are the first people um, that they're able to reach when they're trying to figure out who they are. Um, teachers are the people that are um, people that they need to uh, figure out what resources can I take when I can go home to my parents to talk about this issue. And, and a lot of people not realizing that the internet is already, they're already connected to the internet. All the information is already there. They're just trying to get tangible information from the teachers or their first responders or who they're trying to learn from. Yeah. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among young people, with LGBTQ youth being four times more likely to seriously consider suicide or to make a plan for it and attempt it versus their peers. A reminder, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 800 273 8255. Uh, Professor, can you weigh in on, on, on my question to Lasaya a moment ago? You know, folks backing the bill say it's too early to be having these conversations with kids. What are your thoughts there? Um, well, I, I mean, we have to be clear here. We're not talking about graphically describing or uh, explaining sex acts. We're talking about really, this bill would cover really general discussions of the existence of gays and lesbians or transgender individuals. So I think, you know, obviously, if this is age-appropriate uh, discussion, it should be allowed. And I, I'm definitely sympathetic to those arguments. And we know, Professor, this type of legislation isn't new. So can you talk about where else we're seeing these restrictions and, and what it looks like in each state? Sure. I mean, there are a number of states that are considering similar legislation, Oklahoma and some others. There's also um, a number of uh, other ideas, like Texas's um, decision to go after parents who've allowed uh, children to, in, to undergo um, gender reassignment with gender dysphoria. Um, for child abuse. Um, so there is a concerted effort to sort of ramp up attacks on uh, LGBTQ youth that is happening across the United States. Overall, are these types of legislation constitutional? It's a question for the court. Um, I think the obvious place to start would be the First Amendment to talk about freedom of speech. But I actually think those arguments are going to have a hard time just because teachers themselves don't have a lot of free speech rights when they're talking in the classroom, according to the court. But I think a more interesting approach might be to look at Title IX of the Civil Rights Act, which forbids discrimination in education. And even though Title IX specifically doesn't mention LGBTQ people, um, it does say that you can't discriminate based on sex. And in a recent court decision, Bostock versus Clayton County, um, the court did find that discriminating based on sexual orientation and gender identity is akin to discriminating based on sex. And what makes that a particularly attractive option is that Neil Gorsuch wrote the opinion and John Roberts signed on to it. So there's a guess that maybe five judges on this current Supreme Court would be receptive to that type of argument. Mm -hmm. If you're just tuning in, I'm speaking with uh, Joseph Mello, a political science professor at DePaul, and Lasaya Wade, CEO and founder of Brave Space Alliance. And we're discussing Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill, which bars teachers from leading discussions on sexual orientation and gender expression. Uh, Lasaya, as you, you made the comment earlier about, you know, knowing your gender you know, identity since you were young, I want to bring up a recent Gallup poll. Uh, it revealed that younger Americans are coming out at higher rates than older generations. 
So specifically, it says 21% of Gen Z adults identify as LGBTQ. And I noticed that during a debate last week, Republican sponsor of the bill, Senator Dennis Baxley, kind of seemed to acknowledge that the bill is actually designed to try to slow down the numbers of young people who are coming out. Mm -hmm. What goes through your mind hearing that? It's just a fair tactic. People are afraid to know their their own truth, right? Um, the youth are finding who they are earlier than um, my generation, earlier than generations before them, because the society that we live in don't want us to live in our truths. We, they want a particular type of look and a particular type of aesthetic to push forward, but not understanding the if a, if a queer or young or LGBT person or a person, period, that knows who they are authentically from when they were born to however they, whenever they decide to awaken, um, they will live a, 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 like an authentic life of who they really want to be, happy, willing, supported, loved. Um, and just because our older generation is, I don't, I'm really trying to find the words, but there's no other words to say it. It's bitter because. There, who, how are you to know who you are when I don't know who I am just yet? Mm. When you say they're trying to push forward a particular aesthetic or particular look, what do you mean? When we have a society that is built on um, heterosexual idealistic thoughts um, and uh, what a man and a woman is supposed to be, uh, and, and it shapes them to think a little bit harder that it's just not that, um, People become outraged. People become uh, violent and jealous of, like, I thought about it, but, you know, this is not what it looks like for me. Or how is the, the, my family and my friends supposed to perceive me when they're happy when in, in their truth, but they're not happy in their own truth? In this case, there has been some backlash from students in, in Florida and in Texas and elsewhere. What do you make of that? Keep fighting. Our youth is going to free us all. I'm going to be very honest. If we don't do it now, our youth is going to free us. And I'm, I'm excited to see how they stand. I'm excited to see how they organize. And I, and I, and I, I will do any and everything I possibly can to support every youth throughout this country to continue to push back. Professor, can you talk about uh, the monumental Supreme Court case, Tinker versus Des Moines, and, and what that means for modern-day students in these don't say gay schools. Sure. So Tinker versus Des Moines is a famous case from the 60s that involved students protesting the Vietnam War. They wore black armbands to school in protest, and they were suspended. Um, they challenged that suspension and went all the way to the Supreme Court, and the court ruled that your free speech rights do not end at the schoolhouse door. Now, schools can restrict speech in the name of advancing academic achievement, but they can't completely eliminate someone's rights to free speech. And so the court typically takes a balancing approach when it evaluates issues like this. And so it would have to weigh the free speech rights of, say, the students versus the parental rights concerns that the state has levied. Now, in the Florida bill, they went kind of, they amended the bill to exclude um, the, the coverage of students. So it only applies to teachers. So I think Tinker would have limited value in Florida. But if other states were to go further than Florida, as some are considering doing, and actually go after students as well, I think Tinker would be a very important precedent. Yeah. Well, do you expect to see these current bills challenged in higher courts? 
Absolutely. I mean, I, as soon as there is some kind of harm that we can use as a basis for a challenge, uh, we will see one. I also think we'll probably see uh, a challenge based on this bill maybe having a chilling effect on speech that isn't explicitly covered by the bill, but might uh, conceivably someone might self-censor. They might think they can't say something that they can. Mm -hmm. And those cases can be brought even without a harm, even if you a hypothetical harm is enough to, to have standing to bring a case like that. So I imagine those are already in the work. Mm. Do you think the bills could withstand a challenge? You know, I, as I tell my students, everything comes down to what you can get five votes for in the Supreme Court. And when you have a Supreme Court with a 6-3 conservative majority, um, it's always a dicey proposition in a case like this. But I do think the fact that you have Gorsuch and Roberts signing on to cases like Bostock versus Clayton County suggests there is some hope mm-hmm. that laws like this could be overturned. Yeah. Lesiah, there are nine other states that have um, proposed legislation that's similar to Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. What do you want to say to officials as they deliberate these bills? Is this your history? Is this what you're going to leave behind for the youth? Is this the uh, lane that you actually are wanting to take? Um, I, I really want to be very honest. Um, the stain you leave on a white T-shirt with ink doesn't really clean. Um, and it's always there. And I'm wondering if y'all going to be that stain on this white T-shirt that we're trying to liberate and free everybody in this country. Um, are you going to be that person that's going to leave that behind? Last question, Professor. What are you paying attention to as these restrictions go into place? Yeah, well, I will be interested to see the legal battle in the lower courts, um, the district and circuit courts, and then as it makes its way to the Supreme Court. Particularly interested to see how much value they place on the parental rights question that the state of Florida has uh, raised here, because that hasn't really been litigated before um, not recently anyway. So I'm really curious to see how that weighs against the free speech rights that the teachers or students might have. That's DePaul Professor Joseph Mello and uh, founder of Brave Space Alliance, Lasaya Wade. Thank you both for joining us. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.